This is the truth behind success, episode number 19. And this is what happens when you quit recording. My name is Ricardo Rosales <clears throat> with the truth behind success. I apologize for that. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to edit any of, the, any of these when, uh, when I either stutter or my throat looks up on me or whatever the case might be. I want it to be real. And I want to I wanna bring it to you raw, and I want to bring it to you in a way that you and I can relate. And the only way to do that is by being transparent and being honest. And I'm going to be honest with you. I fell off the track on recording this podcast for at least two to three weeks. Life got on the way, and um, I, I prioritize other things than other than recording this podcast and and uh, the truth is I would get up in the morning I would exercise as I usually do but then I was running so short on time and with other priorities that I had to leave the house right away so I record this in my home studio which consists of a computer and a cheap microphone and the reason I say that is because I want to actually um, I want to grow this to where I can actually upgrade to a better microphone later on. For now, I'm using a Logitech headset, um, which is working just fine. And so if you're finding, if you're one of those guys that are inspiring to maybe have your own podcast and and you want to do your own thing and you want to talk about, uh, talk about your particular subject, you don't have to have it perfect to get started, just so you know. I give you permission to go out there and grab whatever you can grab Use whatever you can use in order for you to uh, make your podcast happen. Um, Podcasting has been a hobby for me, but now it's turning into a way of life. And, you know, I I actually got invited last week to uh, another podcast with uh, a very successful real estate investor. His name is Mitch Stevens. Um, Shout out to Mitch, who had me at his uh, home studio in, um, in Canyon Lake, Texas. A beautiful home, by the way, and we had a great time talking about real estate, which is something we love doing. And I was being interviewed about my experience with real estate and what I'm doing and the whole nine yards. But if you listen to to uh, if you want to listen to somebody that really knows what he's talking about, Mitch is a I would say uh, you know a perfect example of somebody that has tried a bunch of different things and have found a niche with the owner financing strategies that he uses and i'm definitely becoming a student of his uh, to learn everything he's uh he's preaching and talking about so check him out mitch stevens uh he's got his own podcast and let me see if i can find the name real quick i know it's a real real estate investor summit is is the name of the podcast so check it out i i've started listening to to his latest episodes but uh now I'm listening from episode number one all the way um, to where I, it's called the Real Estate Investor Summit Podcast. So I'm, I'm listening to most of these episodes. He's got 226 episodes out there. So check him out. Definitely a great uh, listen if you are into real estate or you want to learn real estate. Uh, I believe uh, it's never late to learn something new. But the truth behind success here with Ricardo Rosales, your host. You can find me at ricardorosales.com or the truth behind success.com and also at renovatingrichesradio.com that's my other podcast with my friend and business partner Dennis Rodriguez where 
we talk about a bunch of different subjects, um, most of them related to real estate, but also entrepreneurship. And here in the truth behind success, I just wanna, I just wanna actually get you going to where, you know, you know what it takes to achieve success, whatever success means to you. It doesn't have to be money. I always say that, and 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 the reason I say that is because a lot of people associate success with money, and you know, I don't think monks in you know in the Tibet or India or you know uh, you know people that are very religious and and concentrating on meditation and things of that nature really focus on money they focus on finding something else maybe finding themselves within their souls and finding ways to be uh, uh, more you know concentrated when to, when it comes to meditation and, and finding their true self and this is what I want to talk about uh, I know I've talked about this in previous podcasts but today I want to re-emphasize the importance of finding yourself and finding what you want to do, finding your why, finding your what your path is. And a, a lot of us don't know what that is. I remember when I was growing up uh, as a teenager, uh, my father or my mother would ask me, it's like, what are you going to school for? And I was like, I don't know. I, I don't know what I want to do when I grow up. Um, and, and I was getting close to graduating high school. So it was kind of hard because they put pressure on you to really know what you need to go, you need to go do. And you don't, you know, if it's not for you, don't do it. I decided not to do it. Uh, I decided not to go to college because I didn't feel like I, that was my calling. Um, that brought me a lot of issues with my parents or actually my father more than my mother. Um, because he really wanted me to go get a degree or something. And, you know, um, in, in his mind, uh, having a degree, it was going to allow me to open a lot more doors um, in, in other areas that he couldn't experience because he was always an entrepreneur. And I really didn't want to be a, a college student. I, I didn't really care to, you know, to go graduate and and, you know, get me some sort of degree to call me a doctor or, you know, whatever the case might be. So I had to part ways from, number one, being close to 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 the to him because I was working with him um, while I was going to uh, to college because I did get enrolled in college. Uh, I started number one. I started um, English as a second language, as you as you may know. I am from, uh, I was born here in the U.S. and the States, but I was raised down in Venezuela, and my parents are both from Venezuela, so my native language is actually Spanish, it's not English, and now it's English, I believe, because I have switched it, and and I've lived here longer than I lived in Venezuela, I was in Venezuela until I was 17 years old, I grew up in a, in a middle class environment, um, I would say middle upper class, even though we didn't have a lot of money back then, uh, I still got associated with other kids and other young teenagers that their families were very prominent. So I was exposed to both worlds. I could see the the what the rich people live like, and I could see how poor people will live like because I was in the middle of it. And in the in the apartments that I was raised on, or they call them condominiums here, but it was uh, we call them apartment complexes down there. We we own the apartment. Um, we lived in a in a middle income area, and this is working class people. Uh, they're you know teachers. Uh, there were doctors also, and and lawyers, and people that had their own businesses. So there was a whole mix of of 
people that are actually coming up in society. But behind that, that area, that apartment complex, there was one street that um, it was from a very low income uh, upbringings. They were very poor. And, and I got to know them closely because we always had to in interact with each other one way or another. And a lot of thugs were coming from that area as well. So, you know, you knew who the bad guys were. I knew what, you know, being a drug addict is like from a very young age because I could see people coming from that neighborhood that were into drugs. And, and luckily, I never got into any of that stuff. But uh, I guess it's because I saw the way they behave and the way they, they their life took shape and I didn't want anything to do with me. Um, on the other hand, uh, with the, the guys that I was growing up with, they were all into partying and drinking. And that was what they looked for after for for the weekend, you know. Um, so I got a hang of uh, what it is to start drinking from a very early age. And in Venezuela back then, you know, it's not like the U.S. where you had to have a certain age. And even though legally you had to be 18, if you were old enough to walk to the liquor store and have money, they would sell you the booze. It didn't matter. Um, so, so that's one of those things that, uh, I don't know if I talked to in the podcast before I was in the middle of two different worlds. The school that I attended when I was in high school was a, a middle upper class school. Um, for the most part, when you are in Venezuela, you go to school to a private school because, uh, public schools are very, um, you know, they're, they're more tailored for the poor people, uh, people that, that have very limited resources. And and my parents did their best in order to put me through these um, through these private schools. And I was actually in one of those schools that was one of the most expensive ones in the city. So my, I know my father struggled month after month to pay for that school. Uh, I was that one kid that usually got kicked out of school because, or not the school, but uh, the classroom because of non-payment. Uh, so I had to deal with. Uh, being uh, hum humiliated by by the by the coordinator or whoever the instructor or the teacher was at you know at the beginning of the month when you didn't pay for your school they will come in in the classroom and said hey uh, Mr. Rosales you uh, need to go to the library because uh, you your, your father has not paid school or your mother or whatever the case might be so quickly my dad found ways to pull money out and pay maybe next day or the following day and um, and then I got reincorporated into it. And no shame by any means. I mean, my father, he worked his butt off. And he was an entrepreneur from a very early age. So, you know, entrepreneurship, money comes and goes. Uh, but his hustle was out, always out there. And uh, he, I know that he always did his best to to provide not only for me, for but for the rest of my family and his family. So that's how I got a hold of, you know, living with or being exposed to poor people and being exposed to some kids that they, they were very rich. And I remember one week, one, one Monday I came to school and, and I go and, and, and I started talking to this one kid. His name is Humberto. I still remember him. And um, I said, hey, man, so, so how was the weekend? And he, he told me, uh, oh, it was great. We went to St. Martin, which is an island in the Caribbean, you know, and, and I was like, St. Martin, where is that at? I didn't even know where it was. And he's like, oh, it's an island in the Caribbean, and, and it's beautiful out there, and the water is, you know, crystal clear, and they have a Dutch-French, uh, a Dutch side and a French side, so the, the island has got like two different, um, you know, heritage i would say or two different countries that are involved in it or uh, you know or origins 
So some people speak Dutch and some people speak French. And and I went there on Saturday. We had lunch. We stayed the night and then we we came back on Sunday. And he looked like he had been to the beach. Like his his skin was red and and I was like, and and how do you get there? Like he's like, well, you know, my father has his own airplane, so we flew down there for the weekend and and then we flew in and actually Friday. I think he, I believe he said Friday night or maybe Saturday morning, or maybe they flew to another city to get the airplane and then go whatever. But long story short, uh, that kind of like got stuck in my head, and I was like, man, how come somebody can have that much money to where you can own your own airplane? And much less go to an island and just have lunch, you know. So I went and asked my dad, and I was like, Dad, what does it take to get to St. Martin? And he's like, why are, why are you asking? And he's like, well, you know, there was this one kid in school that he said he went to eat lunch in, in St. Martin. And, um, and, and they spent the night, and then, you know, they went to the beach for a little bit, and, but then they came back yesterday in the evening. Uh, this is Monday, maybe during that week. I can't remember exactly what they asked him. And he's like who's that? And I, I gave him the name and he's like, oh yeah, his parents are very wealthy, you know, because Maracaibo, even though it's a big city in Venezuela, um, it's a, it's a small town. You know, most people that are of sort, some sort of influence, they know each other and, or at least you know who they are. So he's like, oh yeah, his father, he's, uh, he's very wealthy. He owns these businesses and this and that. And I wouldn't doubt that he actually has an airplane to to do these things, and, and that's when I started thinking, I was like, man, how can someone, you know, work so hard, and, and because I knew my father was working hard, but he didn't have an airplane, or he could, he could barely get by and pay for my school for that month, right, so that's when things started, like, getting into my head on, on, on how, you know, someone can make that happen, and I remember my father had, uh, he saw that I was very intrigued about this particular island and one way or another, he found a way to take me there. Uh, I believe it was the same year or the year after. He bought plane tickets and we flew there and it wasn't easy because we had to fly from Maracaibo to Caracas, which is the capital of the, the country. And then from Caracas, we had to wait a few hours to catch another plane that will fly to San Martin like... I guess two or three times a week. So we had to space it just right in order for us to make it to Caracas and then catch that one airplane that will take us to San Martin. And then um, in San Martin, he had a friend that um, actually a family member, a long distance family member that he was living in San Martin at the time. And um, we were able to actually crash at his uh, apartment or, or condo, whatever that was. And we didn't have to pay for the hotel. But my dad, I, I know he did everything he could to show me the island. And uh, because I was very intrigued. I was like, man, you know, if, if they can actually get on an airplane and spend all that money to go, you know, put gas, fuel, the pilot. The whole, I started thinking about all these things. Uh, what would it take for, for, for me that I know my dad is not a multimillionaire uh, or wasn't a multimillionaire or anything like that back then? Um, how can I, can I do this? And and so my dad went and we spoke and we talked and he's like, I'm going to take you to, to the islands so and you can see it firsthand and you can see everything he takes. So I think what I got from that trip was more than, than, you know, everything is possible. I started using the law of attraction, uh, sub inc unconsciously, I would say, because I didn't know I was attracting it. 
but by just getting the the spark of interest in going to San Martin and talking to my dad and telling him about um, how his kids went, uh, these kids went into the trip that weekend, he started, you know, saying, you know what, if these kids can take on an airplane and, and go and, and for the weekend, I'm going to take my son and we're going to have a blast. And we we actually went there for, I think, I believe it was like a whole week. We were, we were more than just a weekend. So we were there for a whole week and I had a blast and I had a great time with my dad. That was the first time I went to a, to a nudist uh, beach and I got to see all these ladies naked right in front of my eyes and and it was a different experience, and and of course I didn't get naked. My dad didn't get naked either, but uh, we got to see the whole view and enjoy it. But it was because I guess he was trying to prove that you know what, uh, maybe I don't have an airplane, but I can actually give my son the same experience that than these multimillionaires are giving their kids. And and just the stories like that, I got to experience that firsthand over and over again in this one school. Um, there were very wealthy uh, kids, uh, or their families were very, were very wealthy, as well as some of the ones that weren't as fortunate um, money-wise. I remember we had a lot of people that played basketball, and and they they got scholarships to go to a, to our high school. And when you went to their houses, you knew they didn't have anything. But it was a whole mix of being very poor to with very rich people and 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 we made it we made it work and it was great uh, because we got to experience both of the best worlds so the truth behind success is uh today i guess the message is that you never know what you're going to be dealing with uh from one extreme to the other one um you know and i started experiencing these things when i was uh since a very young age you know i was maybe 13, 12, or 14 years old when, when this, this, this particular event took place. Um, and I, it was because I brought, I told my dad what I was experiencing in school. And he's like, huh, I, I, you know, if my son is surrounding himself with his kids, maybe I want him to, to have some sort of a similar experience. So now he can go and be at the level of these other kids. And, in business as in life is a is is fairly the same way if if you're not surrounding yourself with people that are bringing you up or that are upping your game or your lifestyle or your status or or not the status per se as as who you are or whatever but somehow they're not improving your life then you need to move on and and find a, a different circle and what my dad had achieved back then is that he had put me on a school, him and my mother, of course. They they both put me on a school where now I, was, um, I wasn't a rich kid, but I was hanging out with rich kids and, as well as poor kids. So it was the best of both worlds. Um, and the reason why there were so many rich kids and poor kids together is because this particular high school was taking on a lot of rejects from other schools. And, you know, a lot of these rich kids, they had their egos, they had their ways of doing things, and, and they weren't welcome in, in, in certain other schools anymore. But because the school knew that this was happening, they were raising the, the, the I guess, the, 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 the cost of it, and their parents were willing to pay the price. And, and, and that was not my case. When I got to that one school, um, they placed me there because it was a brand new school, and, and uh, they couldn't find... Um, a place for me to go, uh, I wanted, uh, 
they wanted me to go to a different school, but I guess my grades weren't that great or whatever. So they put me in this one school, and it was the best thing that ever happened to me because I had some some of the best years in high school. And you know, uh, we call high school from the seventh grade all the way to the to the to the to the last grade, which is the fifth uh, fifth year. So it's seventh, eighth, and ninth grade, and then first and second year which is actually the, the the high school but I went through it with a bunch of my friends and they're still my friends today um you know after so many years and growing up in that also that apartment complex um gave me a whole different view of of how life is I I I reached out to some of my friends um a couple of weeks ago that are now living in the US and we spoke on the phone and we kind of like grew up together in in that one neighborhood and I asked them, say, how is so-and-so doing and all these other guys? And they're like, Ricardo, they're still doing the same thing that we were doing when we were kids, which is basically looking after, you know, making it happen for the weekend or maybe they're alcoholics and some of the other guys are, have become successful. And you get to see different people with different traits going different ways. Um, but anyways, guys, um, I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. I want to thank you for uh, being there. This is number 19. And I promise you, I'm going to put out about a 200 more of these every day. I, the, the, what I want you to take from this particular podcast is that there are two words out there, two words, uh, two worlds, I meant. Um, and it's the rich world and the poor world. And it's up to you on what world you choose to live in. And, and I choose to live in, in the abundance mentality world, which is most likely the rich world. Uh, but don't get me wrong, there's poor people that also live in abundance mentality. So um, just take the best out of both worlds. Go back in life and analyze your upbringings. Analyze who you met, how you met, how that that impacted your life. I remember that conversation with that kid, Humberto, uh, when he told me his father flew him to, to or they flew as a family to St. Martin that weekend. That impacted my life in, in, a, in a way to where... I started thinking, how can that be possible? How can somebody... And then because I went and talked to my dad, my dad started taking action on how can I make my son or how can I give him an experience that is similar? Maybe I don't have to fly him on a private jet, but I will fly him on a commercial airline and we'll get there somehow. And I know he did his best to to make that trip happen. I, I still remember that trip like if it was yesterday. Maybe because I went with my dad, it was just a father and son kind of thing. Um, he actually gave me a watch and, and, um, I'm a watch lover for those of you that know me. And, um, we had a blast on that trip. So anyways, just go back in life, think about it, see what, what is being impacting you in a, either a negative or a positive way or whatever, take the best out of it and, and, and go make success happen for you and your family and your loved ones. This is the truth behind success with your host, Ricardo Rosales. You can find me at thetruthbehindsuccess.com, ricardorosales.com, or renovatingrichesradio.com. Until then, you have a blessed day.